Well, hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a podcast where we watch an episode of Parks and Recreation, and then we talk about it. And I'm Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by the power of the internet by my friend Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you today? I am. I'm well. How are you? Also well. Good. Glad we got that out of the way. Send your emails to parksandconversation at gmail.com. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your friends. Uh, you know, listener, recently we made, I made a switch. Jeremy, I don't know if I ever even told you this. I switched from our current, our previous provider mm-hmm. host to a different host. And uh, can't believe you're telling this live. Yeah. I just want, I didn't want you to blow up at me again. Um, <laughs> and uh, everything went great. <laughs> it was easy. And uh, yeah, so. Great story. Now, uh, is it now Joe Rogan and us? We are colleagues. <laughs> Finally, so, yeah, <laughs> we work for the same company. Only he <laughs> he's getting paid, mm-hmm. and I'm giving this company resources for free. So, potato, potato wins all around. Which is not what I'm getting paid from Spotify: potatoes or potatoes. But yeah, it went it went smoothly. Not even peanuts. But listener, if you uh, if you hear this, then it worked for you. Um, if you're not hearing this, uh, let me know how I can help. It's <laughs> a great start. This is perfect. So, uh, yeah, it's all. It, but they, you know, they say like keep both open for like a month, and the month has gone by, and there have been no problems. So feeling pretty good about it. So I, even, I don't even know how to feel. I I know that's why it's I didn't actually a, tell you while the process. <laughs> It's a big change. You know how I feel about change. I know. I just wanted you to like, I wanted to rip the bandaid off publicly. <laughs> Perfect. Which is yes, you like took me to an <laughs> online restaurant, basically, in front of everybody. Change providers. <laughs> yeah. Don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> look, look, I just, I brought you here so you wouldn't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This, is, this isn't working, Fireside. I'm getting the lobster. <laughs> yeah, do it. All right. <laughs> Get it. We have so much more money now that we're not paying fireside. So got, got that Joe Rogan money. I mean, what somewhere. Are we, what are we what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about Joe Rogan. <laughs> awesome. Seems like all all of uh Spotify is talking about not Spotify, Twitter is talking about Joe Rogan wanting to debate a scientist. So let's talk about that. I don't I don't want to do that. Okay. I won't either because I, I watch feelings. Parks and Rec specifically to get away from stuff like that. Oh, I watch it to, I, I mainline both at the same time. <laughs> Just, I put on my Joe Rogan podcast. It's usually like eight hours long. He doesn't. He doesn't. And, and then I watch an episode of Parks and Rec. And uh, it's kind of detox, like a, pav- yeah, a it's, cleanse. Well, I do it at the same time. So it's like a Pavlovian thing. So I don't love anything too much because nothing in this world will last. But today, what we are going to talk about is season seven, episode two. Man, I'm sad now. <laughs> Ron and Jammy. And uh, I mean, if they this can't episode, last. What's that? I said, if they can't make it, what's the hope for us? If Joe Rogan and Peter Hotez can't make it? <laughs> no, Jeremy Jam and, and uh, Tammy too. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a relationship that was doomed from the start of writing the script. Yeah. They knew. These... These Hollywood bigwigs, they know they're just trying to manipulate our hearts and our lives with these stories of people that we love. It's working into foibles and getting hoisted by their own petards. 
can you um, can i still not, say petard i don't think you can say that oh, okay <laughs> i won't i'll stop okay uh so uh in this episode ron and leslie have to come to a temporary truce to rescue a former enemy in jeremy jam which is excellent uh and then we find april having a a crisis in her life about her career uh and it has something to do with the moons of saturn mm-hmm. and uh and then we see tom also facing a crisis of sorts as he's realizing that all of his success success is meaningless if he doesn't have anyone to share it with and so him and andy go on a road trip to chicago so um, yeah, so that's what we're looking at today. So let's, uh, why don't we look at those three stories in this order, Jeremy? We'll start with Ben and April. Yeah. And then we'll go to Tom and Andy. Sounds good. And then we'll run the, the Ron, Leslie, Jeremy story. Only option left. That's the, of the three. So, uh, so we meet Ben and, uh, Joan as they are giving Joan a um, sidewalk square. Yeah, it was like a mosaic of yeah. her face on the yeah. sidewalk, like a was, like a Hollywood Hollywood Square star thing. Yeah, like a Walk of Fame mm-hmm. for Pawnee, right? Uh, and it seems like Joan's the only one who has one. <laughs> so, because um, I mean, she's the biggest star in town, uh, and so. Ben is apologizing, being unable to meet some of their requests. One, which I love, is they couldn't get a bottle of Chateau Marmont because that's a hotel mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, which I love that detail. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Buddy Holly can't sing because he's been famously dead for 50 years or 60 years. And Joan is like, no, this isn't true. No way. But then we come to find out that April is a huge fan of Joan and her her memoirs. Um, and uh, And so... Uh, this is her ninth memoir that uh, April is getting signed at this event. Uh, and Joan's like, oh, it'd be my pleasure to sign that. Did you say your name was Glenn? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> April says yes. And she goes, that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn. And then we get this talking head of April talking about how Joan has always been a train wreck. But the last three years that we have not seen because of the time jump. Uh, she's gone off the deep end. So doing this show from rehab <laughs> where she's interviewing the other people and hey, like you were a success, successful attorney. And then you hit rock bottom. And then the person's like, this is supposed to be anonymous. Um, and then she gave all of her audience a car that they had to fight over. And it cuts to the scene of people just fighting in the like a convertible. And it was pretty excellent. Jones just standing there with a the microphone. Uh, and then the last one is calling all of her ex-boyfriends while sitting on a washing machine. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, yeah. Joan is amazing. And so uh, April is like, I hope Joan is my real mom because she's just so wonderful. Uh, so then uh, Joan gives her speech <laughs> and starts by saying, thank you, Commissioner Gordon. People of Gotham. <laughs> and Ben's like, okay, she thinks she's in Batman. Um and uh, and Joan says, like, everything comes from this is just because she loves being on TV and she's known what she wants to do since she was 10 years old. And that is the path to a happy life, uh, which cuts to um, uh, <laughs> April look, listening to this. And she's like kind of 
pensive. And then uh, Joan's last note that we get from her speech is, uh, on a separate note, I think that America should have a purge night. <laughs> uh, and then it cuts to April saying, like, do I even like my job? Uh, and so now we're like, okay, what's what's April's deal? Um, is she uh, being influenced by the gravity, gra- gravitational pull of the of Saturn? We'll find out. Uh, so Ben comes to see April at work and uh, um, April is upset and um, she's like, everything Joan said freaked me out, which it should based on what we have heard of what Joan said. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, my whole life has just been a random series of events and I don't even know if I like what I'm doing. I'm the regional director of regional whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, And so Ben's like, all right, well, uh, I will help you uh, find what you want to do. Uh, and April's first suggestion is I'm just going to go live under a bridge and ask people riddles before they cross. <laughs> so, see, at uh, least she's trying to be a real troll right. versus one of those lame internet ones. Yeah. That would be great, though, if you like comment moderation was like if you want to troll people online, you have to answer a riddle first. Uh, like a like a gotcha yes. sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it's like a like the riddle is like what's my favorite color, and it's a robot <laughs> asking you that. So it's like I have can robots have favorite colors? Blue, no green. Ah, yeah, like that kind of of uh, trolling, because then like it would really cut down on those comments because most trolls are idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. tell me how uh, you really feel. Yeah, uh, I I don't. I don't think the internet is for everybody. I think we should have a purge night on the internet. There you go. And uh, clear, clear the, the, the browser history of the internet. Oh, man. Yes, let's do it. I think people should have to apply for internet. Yeah, I like mean, a driver's license. Like a driver's license or a gun. Sure. And uh, driver's license <laughs> would be harder, but, you know, sure. <laughs> Yeah, and then you should have to renew it, you know, over and over again, like a driver's license, unlike a gun. Uh, anyway, anyway. I've, got, I've got feelings. I've got feelings. Uh, so Ben says, do you remember what Joan <laughs> said at the ceremony? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, count <laughs> as, it doesn't count as stripping if no one pays you. <laughs> yeah, she said that, but She did no. say that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, point, so it's John. like, what did you always want to do since you were 10 is what Ben says. And then we cut to them in a, um, a funeral home and April is reading a magazine at a funeral home. Uh, and it's, it just says, it says here, the future of caskets may just be biodegradable plastic. Uh, and Ben is visibly uncomfortable, <laughs> uh, in the way that, that only Scott Adam can convey. Yeah. Like he's so good at this. Adam Scott. Scott Adam, Adam Scott. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, are you chilly? I'm chilly. I think. <laughs> uh, and then Dan, the, the mortician comes in, uh, and, uh, Ben's like, I'm Ben, this is April and I'm scared of death. <laughs> Get it out uh, there. And so, uh, Dan is like, oh, well, you're gonna love it here. People are dying to get in. And April like lights up at this wonderful death pun. Um, and uh, and he's like, oh, we'll start down at the cadaver shoot. <laughs> and April again is like, oh, the cadaver shoot, come on. And Ben looks like he's gonna die. I uh, 
I did a funeral uh, about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. for uh, a family. And the it was just at the cemetery just down the road from my house. Mm-hmm. So listener, uh, go to a seminary, a seminary, a cemetery, and just kind of walk around. I might, I might live by that. Um, and, uh, and the, uh, funeral directors that like all of them were working on this, this, uh, service. I don't know why. Um, but they were all very funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared for that. (laughs) It was like one of the best, one of the best experiences I've ever had was talking to these funeral directors. Like this one person was like, (laughs) she was like, well, I went to, I wanted to be a uh, OBGYN, um, but that was a lot more work. And so I thought I'd just go to the end of the process. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, that's forward thinking, man. Yeah. So uh, Dan was uh, with, like right on, right, on, right on the right tone here in funeral director uh, experience that I've had. Like, way to go, Dan. Uh, so they go down to the body processing space, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the, the words are. Uh, and Dan's like, well, hopefully we get a body so I can show you how they, the really fun part draining and then again, like, Oh, I hate this so much. Um, and April tries to open at, at one of the doors and she's like, can I touch a dead body? And has like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. That takes about at least a year. You got to go to school uh, you got two years, uh, two years of school, a year long apprenticeship, and most of it is just paperwork and filing. And April is immediately uh, deflated. You know, like, why is every job just paperwork? Hey, uh, it's a living. <laughs> yes, Dan nailed it, Dan. Um, and uh, so, yeah, April's like, well, I guess we're just gonna go. I'm gonna stay at my old, my current job, and just get old and die there. And up here, being embalmed by some weirdo who had to go to school for three years just to cut my guts open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And let's like, let's go. And Ben runs out of there so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad's like, "Okay, have a good one." <laughs> uh, yeah. So that first effort was not going to do it. Um, so April's back in the office, and Donna's visiting her. And Donna, uh, she's like, "What do? What am I going to do if I work around corpses? Isn't even right for me. Then nothing is." And uh, and Donna says, "It's Saturn's return." And she talks about how Saturn takes. About 29 years to go around the sun. And by the time it comes back around to when you were born, uh, you've been through so much. There's a lot of self-discovery and turmoil, all kinds of different stuff. Um, and uh, when I was your age, I got banned from every riverboat in Germany, mm-hmm. which sounds like quite a feat. That's a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Donna is trying to help her see like, you know, life changes. and uh, you know, you could call it Saturn's return. Um, but I would try to not tie too much to any kind of, uh, astronomical or astrological force, uh, other than just saying like, you're older now. (laughs) Um, so anyway, that's just me. Um, so Ben comes and is like, Hey, what are you up to? Like, Oh, just regionally directing the Midwest, whatever of who cares. (laughs) Uh, and Jerry shows up and like, isn't it great? Can you believe we get to do this? I would do this for free. And then he spills all like his uh, pitcher of coffee or something. Uh, like a whole carafe of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And, Ter- and Jerry's like, or Donna's there. He's like, I do miss you, Terry. <laughs> Let me get some napkins. <laughs> so they go clean that up. Uh, and 
Um, and Ben's like, April, you looked at one horrifying job. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll help you find something. Um, and, uh, and April's like, what? Okay, but you can't tell Leslie I might leave. She'll have a heart attack. And he's like, I promise. Uh, and she's like, why are you even helping me? And Ben's like, well, because you're my friend. And I, I'm doing what I love, and I love it. And I know how hard it is to get to there. So I want to help you get there. I want you to be happy. Um, and, uh, and he's like, you're my friend. And uh, April's like, no, I'm not. I never cared for you. <laughs> and then Ben gets up to leave, and April like gets up and hugs him. And... Uh, and Ben is just like, wow, you're very strange today. And Don, look at Donna. Donna looks at camera. Sad in return. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, Ben and April are going to go on a journey uh, to find April her dream job. So, um, yeah. I love it. I, that was such a, you know, sappy, heartwarming moment. But, again, it's it's these silly things that just make the show so, like, awesome. I yeah. just was watching it with my my youngest and she's just yeah just like oh i was like oh that's good see as gross as tammy is this show is lovely yeah and also like ben and april are a good pairing as far as characters go um because they're so uh personality wise just so different yeah uh so they really and they really do offset each other really well but they i like when they were in washington dc like ben was doing what he loved and April was there for that. And so uh, this is an opportunity now for Ben to kind of reciprocate and say, like, I, you were here for me as I was trying to find, like, do find myself. So I'm going to be here for you as you're trying to find yourself. So it was great. I loved it. Loved it. Uh, you ready to go to the Andy story? Yes. Or the Tom story, I guess. Because Andy is at Tom's Bistro and he's reading an article about how awesome Tom is. Um, and, uh, (laughs) entrepreneur, bachelor, Tom Haverford is making quite a splash in the culinary world. And we expect even bigger things from him in 2018. Tom, what does culinary mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so Tom is happy. It's like, it means it's a celebration. And so drinks for everybody. And then Andy's like, yeah, let me get some chicken parm and lasagna on the side and the spaghetti to go on the house. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and uh, and then somebody like pans out and somebody is saying yes, because somebody was proposing and uh, and made Tom have feelings um, because that's the fourth person to uh, propose in his uh, his establishment this month. And so like, I need to find somebody. Um, and he's like, are you Tom? Are you bummed? I got a quick fix. Let's mm-hmm. get hammered. And he reaches behind the bar. He's like, everything here is free. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so yeah, so Tom and Andy are drinking and uh, Tom's uh, realization is he must be the first person ever to have money, power, and notoriety, but feel still empty. Hmm. Uh, I, I love... Probably. I, yeah, I love Tom's uh, narcissism mixed with his ignorance mm-hmm. of like how the rest of the world actually is. Right. Uh, compared to Andy's optimism mixed with ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> like that they're that like their their pairing is also wonderful because <laughs> both are operating from a, a, a place of ignorance. Uh one is trying too hard and one is not trying at all. Uh and and one is like cynical and the other is like this just a golden retriever of a person. And so let's just um, go and do it. It'll work out. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. And so Andy's like, you know, maybe you already know 
who you're looking for and opens up the, his grizzle page on his phone and uh, is like, what about her? She's cute. That's a, he's like, that's my cousin. What about her? He's like, that's my dad. <laughs> and, <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, and then the, uh, they get a message from Lucy, Tom's uh, ex-girlfriend, all the way back from season three and season two and season three. And, uh, and she's living in Chicago now. Um, and, uh, she writes, Hey, Hey Tom saw the article. You boss, let's catch up soon. Miss you. And Andy sees this as a sign that here they are talking about a girl, a woman for Tom's life, a partner. And Lucy just messages out of nowhere. Uh, and, and he's like, we got to go to Chicago. And Tom's like, Andy, Think about what you're saying right now, because it's the smartest idea ever anyone's ever had. Let's go. So <laughs> they, you redeem yourself. They head off to Chicago, uh, and next we see them. They're in the back of a cab, and the driver says, "All right, we're here." And we go, "Where are we?" Chicago. <laughs> That'll be eight hundred thirty bucks, <laughs> which is a lot. Uh, and uh, so Tom immediately regrets it. It's like, turn around, go home, uh, and uh, he's like, "No, you got to pay me and get out of my cab." And so Andy gets out, like, "Pay the man." Uh, and he just yells out the big apple, <laughs> which is not Chicago's no name. Uh, and Bean then town. what's that? Bean town. Yeah. That'll be later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, the windy city, that's what it's called. Yes. Do you know why? Home of the deep dish pizza. Yep. That's exactly why it's the windy city because of the pizza. Mm hmm. Have you been to Chicago? I have not. Oh, it's really cool. I want to go to there. It was, I really like it. I would go back. I cannot okay. live there. I, you know, sometimes you go on vacation or you go on a trip. You're like, oh, right. this, this is great. I would love to live here. Yeah. But the first night that I was in Chicago, I was like, I can't live here. It smells like beef. Like, <laughs> like, like, hey, for I, some like people, that's a bonus. Well, yeah, I, I, I love beef. It smelled like good cooking of beef, <laughs> but I was also like, super hungry all the time <laughs> like everything smells so good i can't live here that's why their pizza has to be extra thick yeah and i ordered one not knowing how big it was going to be yeah and i ate that for three days because <laughs> i had an airbnb like right across the street from the pizza place um so the first day i was like i'm gonna get this pizza and then i was like oh this is this is my this is my life all there is is pizza now you need anything else yeah, a couple napkins and five other people help me eat it. <laughs> uh, I, I love yeah, Mitch. Mitch. Um, so they uh, now they're in Chicago and Tom is regretting it. And uh, he's like, you can't just show up after not talking to somebody for five years and then, uh, you know, be in a different city. That's what murderers do before they mm -hmm. murder someone. And then we hear Tom <laughs> and there's Lucy. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing here? You're not going to murder me, are you? <laughs> It's like, no, I'm doing stuff. <laughs> and he's totally like flummoxed. And so Andy comes in to save the day, talking about how Tom is going to help him try to find a place to live because he just got a job here. Um, and, and he's like, hey, since we we saw your message and we're like, let's go say hi to Lucy since we're already here in Chicago. Uh, and uh, Tom's like, yes, that's the deal. I love it. I lo so like right there, it's like, Andy, awesome. Like you came through perfect clarity. Like you read the you read the situation, came up with the great excuse. Boom! Let's move forward. First time, last time, <laughs> and it doesn't even last that long because they. What job is it? Head coach of the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Such a great setup. It's so great joke. 
and Tom's like, no, he's working at a nonprofit. He's like, no, no. am I? What? Oh, that what? sucks. Ah. <laughs> 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 so he, uh, there's a joke earlier in this series where he's like, I worked as a shoe shyness for four, for a year and I never made a profit. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, so Lucy is like, well, I'm still working, but after let's hang out, uh, meet me here in an hour. And, uh, and Tom's like, yeah, that sounds great. We'll go, uh, go get a little Chicago deep dish pizza and go watch the bears. No. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I started doing that. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it came out, I knew it was wrong. No. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so Lucy and Andy are walking, um, and she's like, I think you were going to like it here. Um, everybody's in a really good mood now because of the Cubs winning the series. So fun fact, this, uh, this episode, this episode was released in 2014, the Chicago Cubs for like 86 years were famously terrible and Mm -hmm. full of disappointment. However, in 2016, the Chicago Cubs did in fact win the world series making the writer's prediction that they would win the World Series by 2017 come true. That's and amazing. that was amazing. I, I just... Which, which, which has to come directly from Michael Schur, you know, the reason why we're doing this podcast in the first place. Because, I mean, he's a huge sports nut. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a, you know, can predict like a the giant future. or something. Oh. What's that? Like a huge, he's not huge. He's like, no, he's guys. not a giant. Like Mr. Peanut, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's just a giant anthropomorphic peanut. Um, he have we talked? We've talked about this before, right? Like he he's a really like he loves sports, and he wrote he had a, a blog or has a blog. It's kind of like been uh, it's he's not updating it anymore, but he wrote under the name Ken Tremendous. That was Michael Schur. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, very, very funny sports writing. And he is a super nerd, especially about baseball. I think mm. it's almost all baseball. Um, so the, just the fact that that came true, it's like, he. I mean, hang it up. Like, retire after that. You called it. Well, I'm glad he didn't hang it up, though. Oh, me too. Or else we wouldn't have, we'd be done after this yeah, series. Yeah, I'm glad he kept working. Uh, even with Rutherford Falls. I'm glad he made it. I don't like it, but I'm glad he made it. Uh, like the music of Sting. I've never listened to any of it, but I'm glad he's out there doing it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Lucy's talking about how everything's really great. And Andy's like, yeah, it seems really nice, but I'm really going to miss Pawnee. I mean, my wife's there for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy just kind of just rolls right over that. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, well, tell me, thing, I heard things have changed. And Tom's like, yeah. New businesses, Grizzle. Uh, we got free tablets, Wi-Fi, phone. You can watch Hitch Two anytime, anywhere. Uh, and uh, now that also, hasn't come true yet. Yeah, we still don't have a Hitch Two, but I do love that they're throwing out these sequel ideas. So, like last week was Jason Bourne reboot right. with Kevin James, yeah. uh, and now Hitch Two, which also had Kevin, had Kevin James. James. <laughs> so I love uh, the weird consistency of all of this. Um. And, uh, and Lou's like, wow, that's the dream. It's <laughs> like, I, I kind of would love to move back. Uh, and, uh, and he's like, uh, I'm got me really missing Pawnee now. I don't know what to do. Am I making the right decision? <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know if he's trying to like give Tom and, and himself an out for not going and working for the bulls. Right. 
or if he really thinks he has to move here. <laughs> like there are times with my dog where like she thinks like, and I have a golden retriever who's snoring noisily right now on the floor or just a few feet away from me. Um, where I think she does like really think like, this is my new life now. Yeah. Right. Like, well, this is where I live. Yeah. So I think Andy has that golden retriever mentality. Like, well, they told me it was happening this way. So yeah, but you made it what's up. Going on. Yeah. He's but believing his own lie. Yeah. So, uh, so Tom and Andy are talking, uh, and, uh, I'm like, man, it's been so fun hanging out with Lucy. She's the best. Uh, and he's like, yeah. And she's buying us stuff. <laughs> it's <was> awesome. <laughs> Make your move. Ask her out. <laughs> um, and, uh, and she, he's like, I don't know how that works. And he's like, well, life's all about taking risks. Look at me. I'm moving to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> it, does. it just does. Uh, and Lucy comes over like one double XL for Andy and one kids XL for Tom. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so Tom's like, Hey, can I ask you something? Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, maybe, uh, you know, things are getting crazy. Uh, can you come and work for me, uh, at my restaurant at my company? And See, he uh, chicken, he kind of chickened out right there. Yeah. Like he was on the cusp of asking like, Hey, you know, what, what's up? Like, what's up with you? Like, do we have a, you know, a chance mm-hmm. or, you know, and just change it into the, the job thing. Yeah. Which, you know, seems like it, uh, as the, her response, like, I, I'd be great. I have to talk to my boyfriend about it first. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, good uh, thing he didn't say, will you go out with me? Right. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so Tom's kind of bummed that there's a boyfriend, but he's like, this is all perfect. Everything's worked out just as I'd hoped. <laughs> and uh, they're at Millennium Park in Chicago, which is that big bean-looking cloud metal thing. <laughs> yep. um and so andy's over there it's very reflective it's very cool um and he points at it and it's like this is why they call it bean town huh <laughs> so uh also no andy no um yeah so then uh at the end uh lucy is is at tom's restaurant uh and signing papers joining the team and tom's like we're totally uh lucky to have you uh let's fill out some paperwork uh, I still don't know what claiming allowance means. I always just put six. So far, so good. <laughs> and looks like you are totally going to jail. <laughs> um, and cut to Andy uh, saying this couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, as like over his shoulder, Lucy and Tom are doing the paperwork. And he yeah. holds up like a plate. Like there was a guy at l- eating lunch who didn't finish his spaghetti. So he starts eating it and he drops it on the floor. And he's like, oh, and Tom and Lucy are going to totally fall in love. Drops the spaghetti on the floor. He's like, ah, five second rule. <laughs> Which is the nastiest idea of like spaghetti off the off the floor. Floor spaghetti. You don't like spaghetti? Floor spaghetti, oh. no. Floor getty? Floor getty. Floor floor get it. Are you proud of yourself for that? <laughs> yeah, I kind of. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I love spaghetti. How do yeah. you feel about spaghetti? I, I like spaghetti. Uh, number one, I don't like watery sauce. Number two, the sauce has to be robust. Like I hate like the watered down, you know, like nothing. It's just like tomato. Like somebody chopped up some tomatoes and threw it on top of some noodles. Like the LaCroix of sauce. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's like the skim milk of sauce. Like I want, uh, you know, I, I like meat in the sauce and, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. you know, lots of good flavor. Um, how about you? I love spaghetti. Yeah. 
Um, I also prefer a thick sauce. Yeah. Baked, not, you know, take it either way. Uh, I don't know if I've ever had baked spaghetti. Oh, what is this? Well, it's where they take regular spaghetti and Uh then put more like tons of cheese on top and then bake that. I'm for it. Okay. It just takes longer. Uh, Then I'm not for it. No. The thing about spaghetti growing up though, like, I don't know about you, but we, my family, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, we would have spaghetti on Monday mm-hmm. and it would be enough to fill the giant Tupperware bowl that was yes. when it's not spaghetti week was also barf bowl. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, we would be eating that spaghetti for the rest of the week. You mean the Tupperware that was, um, perpetually stained red? Yes. From yeah. the sauce. From the sauce and the vomit. <laughs> <laughs> from the spaghetti. Oh man, you, you're making spaghetti wrong. What? what happened if you had to throw up and there's spaghetti in it? That, that, well, I mean, sacrifices were made. I mean, you you knew what you were getting into when you opened that Tupperware. Oh, oh, no, uh, we would not throw up into the spaghetti bowl. But it was, uh, you know, if you knew if you were awake enough uh, to choose where you're throwing up, you would go to a toilet, right? Correct. The the bowl was like in the middle of the night. If it was a a surprise situation, like the bowl would just be close to the bed. Right. Right. One time I threw up in bushes at the hospital, like right by the door. And I was like, <laughs> that's like 10. And I looked at my mom's like, it's a good thing we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better. because my parents didn't always believe when I was sick (laughs) like oh you're fine like and I feel that way too with my kids like ah you're fine you'll be okay um but like I felt I often felt like I had to prove how sick I was and so as we're going to the the doctor I'm throwing up on the way into the building I'm like I'm glad we're here (laughs) is this enough proof for you mom what else do you need (laughs) look at all that spaghetti on the ground uh yeah it was Oof. Yeah, my youngest was was sick once, and I thought, oh, my traitor stop, in, <laughs> stop being so dramatic. I mean, oh, she yeah. was laying on the floor. She's like, I'm so hot. The floor is so cold. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got to get up. She's like, I can't. My my legs don't work. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are. She had E. coli, you know. <laughs> so my bad. Oh man, yeah, she's fine now. She's fine. Good. I mean, that was like four or five years ago. Yeah. So yeah. she said she's she's been in the hospital multiple times for different other things, but she's she's fine from that. She doesn't have E. coli anymore. No. That we know of. So I hope not. I think, well, she's immune to it now. I think she can eat at any Jack in the Box. Oh, lucky her. Mm-hmm. I love Jack in the Box. Speaking of E. coli, uh, yeah. the next episode uh, focuses on Jeremy Jam, who has IBS. Mm hmm. So yeah, another diaper, another, uh, intestinal distress. So, uh, so Leslie comes into Jeremy's office, uh, and he's like, nope, my girl, what up? I just farted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, glad to have you back, Jeremy. (laughs) Uh, and Leslie's like, I just thought I would never have to interact with you again. And Jeremy's like, I missed you too. Um, and so Leslie is reaching out to Jeremy because they're voting on rezoning the Newport land for commercial use. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to get the vote to uh, be a negative vote so that they Grizzle can't use the land. So then they won't buy the land. 
Um, and so Jeremy is the swing vote here. Um, and uh, so she comes in and is like, hey, I want to talk to you about voting no on the, the zoning issue. And Jeremy's like, whoa, hold up. Before we go any further, I'm going to have to talk to my girlfriend to see how she wants me to vote. Uh, and she's like, who's your girlfriend? And then in the, in the doorway over Leslie's shoulder, out of focus, we see the ominous figure of Tammy too. And uh, she says, hello, Leslie. Uh, and, and she's like, oh, Jam and Tammy. It's Jammy. And she's like, oh, you guys are so cute. Uh, when did you, why would either of you, you know, why? Dear God, why? <laughs> As they are like overly flirty on Jeremy's desk. Um, and, uh, and Jeremy, his rationale is like, she saw me nail Gangsta's Paradise and I saw her bite the door guy. <laughs> then she let me buy her a bunch of purses. <laughs> And the rest is history. Uh, so, yeah. So then Leslie's like, oh, this is great because Ron is my appointment and you live to torture Ron. Uh, vote for me. You can screw Ron over. And Tammy's like, yeah, maybe you're not a blonde bimbo after all. So Thank you. let me think about it. Um, and then Leslie uh, has a talking and is like, yeah, I'm aligning myself with evil. But think of all the benefit from this national park. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, and summary, she's, becoming, she's becoming a politician. Yes. Yes. And the summary of Leslie's whole persona. You can trust my opinion because I have a lot to gain by being right. And I have severe tunnel vision about achieving my goals. So that's probably yeah. the most self-aware thing Leslie Nope has ever said. Agreed. Uh, so they go to the council meeting uh, and Ron is there and he's like, Miss Nope, how's that zero dollar bid coming along? Uh, in my experience with capitalism, people would normally expect money in exchange for their goods and land. And Leslie's response, in my experience with butt faces, you are one. And you can see in Ron, that kind of hurt. Right. <laughs> like his face, like, mm. <laughs> uh, So Ron comes up to give his presentation. Uh, and uh, when you vote tomorrow, we believe you should vote for, to rezone the land for commercial use. And Jeremy's like, well, I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm voting for Grizzle. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, Les like, what? You didn't even get, let me say my plan. And Jeremy's like, your plan? You know who else had a plan? Please don't <laughs> like, say it. Please don't say it. <laughs> I'm with Swanson. It's a stash thing. Stash bros. Uh, and Jer Ron like walks away and he just looks at Les like, well, that was easy. <laughs> and so we have a problem. And so Leslie goes and confronts Ron. Um, it's like, why, how did you do this? What did you do? It's like, I delivered a flawless presentation. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Leslie can't believe it. And she says, I'm going to read this because it's so much fun. Uh, now you got, no, you got all sneaky and snuck around and snooked that vote away from me. And I know this because earlier I sneaked and snooked around and Jamie was supposed to vote for me. The snooker has become the snooked. And Ron what is, are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and then he has a moment of, of, of realization as he smells Tammy. Uh, come to find out her perfume is called Girth. So he smells Girth. Uh, and, uh, and he is coming. She's coming over with Jeremy. Um, and let's like, hey, you guys are supposed to vote for me. And Tammy's like, well, I would never do anything to help you. You've always been against me and Ron. And you're a reason I have to hold on to this placeholder. <laughs> well, I... While Ron and I aren't together. And, uh, and Jeremy's like, I love you so much. <laughs> um, so Leslie, like, you thought you would vote for him. You could win him back. And she's like, yeah, did it work? 
are you horny with gratitude? <laughs> and Ron, you know, he's he's in a happy relationship with Diane and he's got a wonderful family and he is impervious to uh, Tammy's wiles. Uh, and he's like, you two more than deserve each other. <laughs> Good luck. And he walks away. Uh, and so um, she, Leslie's like, I have to get Jam out of this. Uh, she's terrible. Uh, it's like rescuing a bunny from a lion, but that lion is a demonic sociopath with really nice cleavage. <laughs> So, uh, so Leslie, uh, goes to meet jam at a steakhouse and like, don't you have IBS? And he's like, oh yeah, it's terrible on the old plumbing, but she only wants me to eat steak and whiskey. And she has my stool analyzed to just keep me honest. Come on. I don't think it's, uh, and Leslie, I don't think this relationship's healthy. <laughs> and so, um, and so she's like, look, you like cars and spiked iced tea. You have a Hooters <laughs> platinum card and, and you're like, yeah, I don't get to do any of that stuff anymore, but you know, it's good. I'm better now. And he starts like crying. He's like, I mean, I'm depressed and constantly sick and nothing really brings me joy, but it just feels right. <laughs> uh, and so Le- Leslie is, uh, is like, let me help. And I was like, remember how wow, everybody thought I was so great. <laughs> everybody yeah. thought so. Well, they? Uh, and he puts his hair on his head and hand on his head and he comes away. He's like, Oh look, more hair came out. And he's like, ah, <laughs> so, Things are not going well for Jam. Uh, and so Leslie reaches out to Ron like, hey, we need to uh, have a truce. You need to help me break up Jam and Tammy. Um, and she's, Ron's like, you just want Jam to switch his vote. Uh, this is revenge for Morningstar, which we still don't know what Morningstar is. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's not about that. It's not about the vote. There's a guy in trouble and you might be the only, only one who can help him. This is about saving someone's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's like, and Ron's like, he's a monster. Monsters don't have souls. Uh, have you seen Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> no. <laughs> so. I mean, Ron, Ron punched this guy at Leslie's wedding. Yeah. He knows he's a terrible person. Yeah. Um, so, and Leslie also knows, but the terrible person of Jeremy is not as bad as the terrible person of Tammy. Hmm. Right? So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Ron, Jeremy is there and she he calls it like he comes into the door and then he sits down. He's like, Jeremy, this is a gold bar. He pulls out from his drawer. I will give you this desk. gold bar. <laughs> yeah. And you just keep that there. Uh, I'll give you this gold bar. If you say one unflattering thing about Tammy and he's, he's like, if I do, does Tammy get to keep the gold? <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. So Ron is convinced like you can't leave a man behind. You must protect yourself against chemical warfare. Tammy does not abide by the Geneva convention. Um, and so they go to one of Ron's cabins and, uh, Ron is like, all right, I have a deep programming kit. If I ever fell victim to her again, first thing is a chastity belt that he made by hand. He's like, this is too big for you, but you can pat it. Uh, and then he's like, first thing, cut out all sex. And Jeremy's like, uh, we haven't done that yet. And Ron's like, okay, that's her, uh, her last card. And she will pay, play that card when she believes it is beneficial to her. So that's, like, all right. So we're going to start try a Pavlovian technique. Ron is holding Tammy's perfume girth. And so they spray it and slap him. <laughs> spray it and slap him. Again. And over and over again. It's like, how long are we going to do this? Until the Until bottle the- is empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so then they do some role playing uh, with uh, Leslie being Tammy and just being really disgusting. I don't want to say any of it. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to say that um, her impression of Tammy was spot on. It was it was so good. 
like the way yeah. she drew her voice, Megan Mullally's voice. Yeah, it's so bad. And it's so bad. And uh Hey there, horsey. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Ron is demonstrating uh his civil responses are like, There will be no sex today, Tammy. <laughs> Just pushes her away like a like an HR video. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, why don't you go into the pet store and feed yourself to the snakes? To hell with you, woman. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, that's his uh that's his line to hell with you woman goodbye uh and then there there's another real role play where he's wearing like a catcher's mat a mask with like some blinders on the lower area of it mm-hmm. uh and Jeremy, jeremy's like what is that he's like it's a crotch binder blinder firm of my own design in this scenario she will be coming at you pantsless um and then uh, they cut to another scene where they've locked down the, the house and it's like, okay, the doors are locked, windows are secured. There's no way Tammy's getting in here. And then uh, Leslie pops out of the armoire and, uh, and Ron's like, you failed to check the armoire. And Tammy once camped out of my attic for six days awaiting my arrival. She survived on rats and rainwater. Let's run it again. <laughs> <laughs> so this is quite the, uh, quite the deprogramming process. Right. Um, and so... The afterwards, they come uh, back into civilization, and Tammy uh, finds them. Is like, "Hey, Jer Bear, what are you doing with these two jabronis?" And Jeremy's like, "We, I, we, wait, wait, hold on, sorry, you got to set the scene of where they are." Okay, no, remind they're, me. They're in the library. Yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Only, only because Leslie hates the library so, so very much. Yeah, they're they're going to her place of power. Oh yeah, going um, to the, the the den of the beast. Yeah, which is dangerous. But I mean, this is how confident they are in their deprogramming techniques. Yeah. Uh, and so Tim's like, or Ron says, I, I've given a lot of thought. And Jeremy says, I've given a lot of thought. We should break up. Uh, and he's like, what's the matter? Do these bad people get to you? They just made me realize how unhealthy this is. Literally. All the steak and whiskey. I have to wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she says, that's because you're my widow baby. And I like, we drilled you on this. What do you do? I'm not a baby. I'm a big boy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it wasn't terrible. (laughs) I'm a big boy. (laughs) Uh, And Tammy's like, they're just trying to manipulate you. How about this, Leslie? You leave us alone and we swing your vote back to you and help you get your park. And Leslie, like, has to confront this. Like, this is what she wants. Mm -hmm. She's like, no. Nice try. Stay strong, Jeremy. It's over, Tammy. Uh, And Tammy's like, all right. It's been long enough. What do you say? We consummate our relationship right now. And in the library, she starts taking off all of her clothes. And uh, and Leslie is like, what are you doing? And a woman comes up and is like, shh, this is a library. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you see what's happening here? It doesn't matter. It's about volume. <laughs> you, can, you can toast your Pop-Tarts on the radiator all day long. But if yeah. you raise your voice. Toasting Pop-Tarts is very quiet. Done. Get out. <laughs> Slow cooking your pop tarts is super quiet, right? Uh, so the uh, have you? What about air frying a pop tart? I bet it's good. I don't currently have any pop tarts, so I might have to make a a run down to Seven Eleven to get the freshest of pop tarts. Um, so then uh, Jeremy's like, "I need the crotch blinder," and Ron is like, "No, you don't. Stay strong. You can do this. Just end it." Uh, and uh. And Tammy's trying to seduce him, and Jeremy says, "It's over, Tammy. To hell with you, woman. Goodbye." And uh, they walk away, and 
Tammy all blurred out like, how dare you? You'll be back. They all come back. Turns she's out just throwing. She's like yeah. just throwing racks of books down, bookcases down. Yeah. So she's terrible. She is a monster. Uh, and so Jeremy, they, they come back to the um, council chambers and Jeremy's like, look, I want to let you know. Uh, I will be abstaining from the vote today. You two are my all-time best friends. And mm-hmm. you brought me back from the brink. So I can't choose sides. Although if I had to pick one side, it'd be Lucy Lou's backside, uh, which is like, ah, Jeremy's back. <laughs> Jeremy's back. <laughs> uh, and Leslie's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that was all for nothing. Um, and uh, Ron said, well, if it's it wasn't for you, uh, you know, this kid would have been destroyed. Uh, and it was big of you to not uh, bend when Tammy promised you the vote. Um, well, and Leslie's like, well, wouldn't have been very big of you. It was, sorry. She said, oh, it's big of you to help him at all. You didn't have to do that. Okay. And they like have this moment of recognition. And she's right. like, well, back to work to figure out how to destroy you. And Ron's same. Goodbye. And they walk away in other directions. I just love that too, because it's like, no matter how bad Morningstar is, and we don't know about it yet, at least reconciliation is a possibility, it seems like now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but they could be friends again, because we don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that they're not friends. Yeah. I mean, someday they will be friends again, right? I mean, yeah. I see them on TV. They make shows together still. Um, <laughs> but I know that's not real life. The The shows they make now are not real life. Um, never has been. Never. So, yeah. So that's uh, season seven, episode two. Jammy. Uh, another a trivia piece here is that uh, on IMDb says, Hitch 2 has not yet been made, which we covered. Uh, but in the library, you can see Rob Lowe's book, Love Life. Uh, in the background hmm. and uh, Rob Lowe played Chris Traeger. Uh, and the other item here is the lawyer uh, is uh, the actor is Victoria Herzog uh, and Herzog is a last name of fame documentary filmmaker Werner Herzog who appeared in the previous episode as the creepy house owner. And hopefully they will continue that theme of Herzog's. Hmm. Uh, Love Life is currently rated at 4.4 on Amazon. 4.4 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Mm. 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads. 4.5 on Audible. Mm. Interesting. Uh, it's what, it's his memoir. He's written a few re- memoirs now. He's kind of Joan Calamezzoing. I was going to say, is it up to 7 yet? Because he has stories I only tell my friends. Love life. And just the two of them, I guess. Literally with Rob Lowe. Uh... The Outsiders, the complete novel written by somebody else that he's in the movie of. I don't um, think that counts. I have this book called Stone Fox by John Reynolds Gard- Gardner <laughs> and okay. Greg Hargreaves. It's also on this list. Um, yeah, sweet. So William Henry Harrison. Dog. Season seven, <laughs> episode three. That's oh, yeah, one, this one's great. It's one where they have the great, the, the giant ball of whatever for the voting. Uh-huh. I forget what that was. Tippy t- Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. That's right. William Henry Harrison was a hero of the uh, the Indian Wars in Indiana, and by hero I mean terrible person. Uh, and he his campaign was really one of the first like presidential campaigns with like gimmicks and stuff. Right. Uh, and so like they had a slogan, Tippy Canoe and Tyler too, because his he he 
came to prominence at the Battle of Tippecanoe. And uh, Tyler was his vice president. And so, yeah. He got really sick and died very quickly into his term. Hmm. The end. Oh. <laughs> but at least Pawnee has a museum dedicated to him. Of course, because he's from Indiana. So, And it's the guy who is also... Um, part of the Pawnee Historical Society. So when Joan, not Joan, uh, the, the Newports are throwing the party for Nick Sr. Yeah. And uh, the, the 94 meetings episode, um, one of the meetings is with the same guy that's in the next episode who runs the Tyler camp or whatever. Gotcha. Or uh, Harrison Foundation. So... Yeah, they all come together. This town, these characters, they exist. They they keep them. They don't just like say, oh, that was a fun one-off. But, but they're like, no, let's get that guy back for some more boring history stuff. <laughs> so, and I, I really just killed the end of this episode talking about President uh, William Henry Harrison. But his grandson, Benjamin Harrison, was the first president to have electricity installed in the White House. And he was so nervous to turn it on that he refused to do it. He had other people turn the, the light switches on for him. Because you didn't want to get electrocuted? Yeah. <laughs> so. Huh? It worked out. He's still alive. He is long dead. Oh. But not from electricity. I think it was malaria. Got him pretty bad. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've, read, I've read a lot of these books. <laughs> tell, us, t- tell, us more, tell us more stories about uh, p- old people and how they died. You know who's got the best story is Garfield. James Garfield. Oh, yeah. He hates Mondays. <laughs> that's why he got shot yep. um I'm yeah, done so with james, <laughs> james garfield was shot and like he it was one of those situations where like if they would have just left the bullet alone he would have been fine but they couldn't find the bullet so they kept probing around in the wound and it's it got infected <laughs> and like alexander graham bell like was, was a like, part of trying to solve this. Like he had developed some kind of like magnetic sonar type of technology for uh-huh. like the telephone and stuff. And so he's trying to sound into his body uh, and like magnet the bullet array away, but like moving it made it worse. <laughs> and it's like, just, just let James Garfield be. And, uh, and then maybe we would have not had such a grumpy cat. Yeah. And that's also when Alexander Graham Bell invented the game operation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. A lot of people don't know that. That's actually a self-portrait of Alexander Graham Bell. On the table. On the table. No genitals. Just. Nope. <laughs> just a big red nose that lights up. Because he was yeah. a raging alcoholic. I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> and just telling how deaf people aren't allowed to be deaf. And uh, yeah, he was kind of a terrible person too. Turns out. A lot of these older people in history were kind of terrible. Are people learning these things in schools anymore? No. That's the, that's the, that's the problem. Let me tell you about how awful Helen Keller was. <laughs> she wasn't, as far as I know. Um, but what can we know for sure? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So. Other than hopefully we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about more. Hopefully Jason will have more awesome presidential trivia for us during a very special presidential episode of Parks and Conversation. I'd be happy to do that. Calvin Coolidge had a pet raccoon. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right, man. Bye.